What's up, you guys? Stevie Milhausen here. Walkway to Fight Club. Yes, I am a reporter for the Zoom. Yes, I've been getting some weird emails in the last 24 hours about, wait, how can you do a podcast and be with the Zone? Very easy. This is not affiliated with the Zone. So I can go do what I, in terms of podcasting, I can really do what I want. So they trust me enough not to make a fool of myself. So there we go. But there are talks of that happening. So hopefully sooner rather than later, that will happen. But for now, the Walkway to Fight Club is here. It's for you guys. You rate, review, subscribe. It's simple. Great podcast. The one with Adam Cole, already knocking it out. Put that out like early evening last night. You guys are showing the love. Thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. I'm telling you right now, guys, you guys are missing out. Adam Cole, Canelo Alvarez. Who the heck is interviewing Canelo Alvarez? This guy. A lot of great podcasts. So make sure you guys listen. You got Adam Cole, Canelo Alvarez, Drew McIntyre, Bailey, you name it. The world of MMA, the world of boxing, the world of pro wrestling, it is here. Boxing is on the tap for today. Big fight night tomorrow night out at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Yes, I will say it again, live and only on zone. Rematches is the name of the game for tomorrow night. Two rematches, also another world title fight on the, on the card. But at top of the bill, Juan Francisco Estrada. WBC Super Flyweight Champion meeting Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, the WBA Super, Super Flyweight Champion. Too many titles in boxing. Really makes my head spin if I'm really going to think about it. But that's the top of the bill. Eight years and eight and a half years in the making. Chocolatito won in September of 2012 by unanimous decision. That was a banger then. It's going to be a banger tomorrow night. If you're in the mood for just a good good scrap, make sure you guys watch that fight because that fight is going to be amazing. The co-feature for the undisputed women's welterweight championship of the world, Jessica McCaskill puts all four belts on the line against former undisputed title holder Cecilia Brakis. Great card on the zone. Showtime has a good fight as well. David Benavides, Ronald Ellis, and super middleweight action. David Benavides made weight, and that, they weighed in early this morning. Yes, I know this was going to be early in the morning. Kids make you fall asleep. <laughs> That's the name of the game on that one, man. I got two babies, and my four-year-old, he likes to gab. He gabs like an old lady. So, that's okay, though. He gabs like old, an old person in general. I love old people. I'm the king of old people. I mean, he just got that, that, that. It's like when you're growing up, and you're talking to your grandma. Or your grandpa, and you just want to get off the phone. It's like, oh, when's this going to be done? When's this going to be done? As you get older, you appreciate that. But he is four, and there is a day I am definitely going to miss those talks. Then he's not going to want to talk to me. Moms, dads, you un- you clearly understand that. But I'm very happy that Den- David Benavidez made weight. I thought that was key. Now he goes on to tomorrow night. Him and Ronald Ellis came in at 167.2. But... Let's talk about why we're here today. I think David, David Benavides rolls in that fight. I want to give predictions for the big fights tomorrow night. I think Chuck Letito gets it done. Since losing back-to-back fights to Sorong Vasai, 
man, Chocolatito has been on a run four in a row. He's rocking and rolling like he was a few years back when he was regarded as a top pound-for-pound fighter in the world. We're starting to see, and you got to remember, he's an old 33. He's 33, but he's been through the wars. He's a guy that likes to stand in the pocket. Estrada likes to stand in the pocket. So it is going to be a ton of fun tomorrow night. I'm going to go with Chocolatito. And then we have the undisputed women's welterweight title fight, McCaskill and Brakus. I just didn't like what I, you know, and Cecilia Brakus will tell us later on what she feels like went wrong. But in, I've watched that fight twice now in the last couple days. McCaskill won the fight. McCaskill, I thought, won the first eight rounds. And I thought Brakus came on in the later half of the fight in the 9, 10, 11. I thought she won. I thought she swept 9 through 12. I hit it 8 4. McCaskill. If McCaskill comes out again and just pours the aggression on like she did in the first fight, dictates the pace, sets the tempo, I think it's going to be the same thing. Brakus doesn't. She likes getting into a groove. She takes her a round or two to really get her groove. She's got to come out early, and she's got to set the tone. But I think if McCaskill can set the tone, land it overhand right early, let Brakus know, hey, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. This is going to be a dog fight. I think we're going to be in for another good fight, I think, coming up tomorrow. But I'm going to go with Jessica McCaskill. Not because she's from Chicago, but I just think at this stage of the game, I think she is the better fighter. And I think she's going to go on to bigger and better things. And she's going to go on and maybe Katie Taylor, maybe Clarissa Shields. I don't know. There's a lot going on right now in women's boxing. And I think that is definitely a good thing. But on today's podcast, two special interviews promoting the card tomorrow night on DAZN. At first, we will talk to the queen of women's boxing, who's got all four welterweight titles. We'll talk to Jessica McCaskill. We'll talk about, does she feel disrespected by Cecilia Brakis? The animosity leading into this fight, because this fight's been personal. They've been going back and forth for two ladies that are very always very respectful, don't like, don't talk trash. They've gotten under each other's skin leading up to this rematch. So we'll talk about that. Which fighter does she think, if she wins on Saturday night, who could be the, could she be in for a million dollar fight? She explains about if she feels that will be the case, and if that is the case, who the opponent will would be. Her thoughts on equality in women's boxing, a lot of great stuff there, I thought, with Jessica McCaskill. And then we'll end things with Cecilia Brakis. We talk about, she goes really in depth about what she felt like went wrong in that first fight. Because I thought that was very, what did go wrong? She really hasn't spoken much about it. She had talked about retirement. So I wanted to get her thoughts on what she felt like went wrong. And I, very revealing, I felt like. And it was really strong. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about, kind of, if she watched her rival, Clarissa Shields. If she, what she felt from watching that fight and, a very poignant message for some of the hierarchy in boxing. I thought some very interesting thoughts there and what she feels like she needs to do in this fight to regain all four titles and once again and become a two-time undisputed women's welterweight champion. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. We're knocking it out, guys. I'm, we're pumping out week after week after week after week at the end of the podcast i'll reveal who's going to be on next week but right now here is the undisputed women's welterweight champion of the world jessica mccaskill
Hi, Jessica. How's everything going? Everything is great. You seem in a good look. I'm like all those belts right there behind you. Yeah, I this up for you, like good visual. <laughs> you gave me a good visual. Now everyone's going to be mad at me because you gave me this fantastic visual. And, <laughs> you know, I talked to Cecilia earlier today and she sounds just as excited as you are about the fight. And, you know, with the rematch here, is this something you felt, even though, yeah, it was a, a mandatory thing, you know, I had it in the contract and everything, but say it wasn't. Would you have still given her this opportunity for a rematch or you been like, you know what, I won, I'm going to call it a day, I'm going to go somewhere else? Probably not. I mean, you know, there's usually, I, I've had one other rematch, um, that was Eric Farias, and the second fight was just kind of messy and just kind of like, I don't know, it felt like she just mentally wanted to try to prove something to herself, but then she didn't really even do um, much in the actual fight. So I don't really have um, a, a crush on, you know, doing doing rematches. So um, I probably would have gone to something else and tried to continue to um, break barriers, make history, that kind of thing. You know, she really poo-pooed your win. And we, when we talked to her and I was, because I said like, you know, it seemed like the way the fight played out, at least I rewatched it again last night and you controlled the first seven, eight rounds of the fight. And then she came on towards the end and everyone had you on the cards and she thought she won or it should have been a draw. When she comes out and says, well, you know, I won, it was close. What do you make of her saying it? Do you feel like it's just fight talk or do you feel like she's not giving you the proper credit that you do deserve? She She's trying to convince herself that she has any chance for this fight. And, and she's trying to convince herself that she should even still be boxing. And I think she's just done. She she seems so happy for, for us to, you know, return her belts to her and, and for the fight to be over and kind of a relief of like, man, I don't have to do this anymore. That's why her talk about retirement was so convincing because I feel like she really meant it. And, you know, and that's fine. You know, she can retire after this fight, you know, you can take the loss and, and go retire and then we'll move on to the next thing. Do you feel like she underestimated you? Because oh, <laughs> everybody underestimates me. I, I mean, and, and one of the, the things that my coach Rick Ramos says all the time is that um, I translate bad over tape. So if you're watching old fights or, or mid sessions or whatever, I don't translate very well. You can't see power, you know, just over the screen, you have to feel it. So um, I, I don't think anybody knows what it's like to be in the ring with me. What felt different about that fight in August compared to say when you fought Katie Taylor? Um, Katie Taylor was, there was a lot of new things with that. Um, just being my first 10 rounder, being overseas, um, just really kind of fighting and scrapping just for a lot of things like a dressing room or, you know, somewhere to, to uh, warm up. I mean, it was, it was very, the, the behind the scenes was kind of very rugged. Um, and this one, you know, we, we were just really fixed on, I had a lot of time COVID hit. We were pushed back from April to August and we used that time very wisely. So there was just a lot more time to, to prepare mentally, physically, everything. Whereas with the Katie fight, um, I, I think they they said they were going to take the fight and then they they said no. And then over the weekend, they came back and they said yes. And so there was just kind of like a little bit of play back and forth. And, you know, we just stayed ready and we went in. And um, a lot of people talk about the Katie fight and say things like, what could you have done better? And I feel like my team did everything that they were supposed to do and everything worked out the way it was supposed to. 
Um, and so I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't change anything because that was my entry into the big part of this boxing world. You know, I remember we talked, you probably don't even remember. I had to think about it for a minute. And I looked, I watched the video this morning when I was eating breakfast and we had talked, you fought on the Vargas Delorme undercard. And I remember we were talking and you had your clothes on and you had left, took a half day from work. <laughs> are you still at the bank? Or uh, are you now, you're the undisputed women's welterweight champion. Are you still at the bank or are you, do you still have to work full-time or how is that parlaying for you right now? I am still working full-time. I did take an extra two weeks off. I took a leave of absence um, to really concentrate on this fight and to just keep myself mentally and physically, you know, rested and fit, making sure I got recovery, making sure I wasn't stressing over unimportant things. So I took a little pay cut because I wanted to prioritize this fight over, you know, everything else that I was doing. Um, and I have to be able to show that prioritization is one of the biggest things that you have to do as a boxer. Uh, and I have other fighters in the gym that look up to me. So I'm, I'm just kind of trying to show, you know, the right way to do things and, and how to do it. How does that happen? You walk into work. What do people say to you? What, what do they say to you, Jessica, when, when the undisputed champ walks into the building? They, they love it. We are doing remote working. So I work from the gym. But uh, before that, um, if I'm walking in with a belt or even like a black eye, oh, they just, they eat it up. They love it. Um, especially when we fought in Chicago twice. And so yeah. I had two big cheering sections and they all had my shirts on. And so it was just, they wanted to tell me their story of the night and they wanted to ask me questions about my part of the night. So it was such good camaraderie between, you know, work, um, the work atmosphere and just being able to bring them along is something that I love to be able to do. Are any of them coming out to Dallas? Not that I know of. Um, people from the gym are going to come. Um, a couple other people have family here in, in Dallas or in Texas. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of have to see. And, and we're stuck in a bubble at the moment. So it's not like I can even leave the hotel. Yeah. Do you feel COVID in a way has worked out for you? Because you said that, you know, you're working remotely. Does it give you more time now to be able to focus more on finding a little bit more than you were able to before? Yes. Uh, once I leave the house in the morning, I'm, I'm pretty much at the gym all day. So any little time that I can find to do something boxing, I'm using that time. You know, the time that you normally take to drive to work or to drive home or to drive to the gym, all that gets cut out. And that's another good five rounds of mitts. You know, you, you got to be able to, to use that. So it's been very helpful for me because I've been taking advantage of it. You know, I asked Cecilia this question earlier, just because, you know, coming off of last week in the Clarissa Shields fight on the all-women's pay-per-view, and I want to start with, did you watch that card, by the way? No, I did not. What do you make of her, because she couldn't, you know, Showtime kind of was like, for one reason or another, decided not to air her fight, and she said she went shopping around, and they couldn't get nothing, and now they, they had to go to pay-per-view route. What, and she was talking about a lot about pay. And you talking, and I was thinking of your situation. Right. Why do you think women's fighters are so vastly underpaid? Because they, you're pointing out more often than not, they're putting out more exciting fights than the men. Mm -hmm. Yet men are getting paid more money while women are getting vastly underpaid and doing the same amount of work. I feel like you have to be an all around um, person, your, your character, your personality 
all of it, your, your work ethic, your training, your performance in the ring, um, your boxing knowledge, all of that has to be really high for you to be able to get those decent paydays. And you have to, you have to say no to bad paydays. There's girls out here taking $8,000 for a fight or, or just doing ridiculous fights where they know they're going to get hurt. And then they're out of the game for however long, and then they try to get back in it. And it's like, it's really diluting the, the, the ability of the female pool, you know, when you, when you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, whether it's taking a fight, you shouldn't be taking and getting injured or taking money that you shouldn't be taking. Now the girls under us in a different generation, they're coming in with low ball prices, thinking that's how it should be. And it's not how it should be. And you, and you just have to be that all around fighter. Don't, don't give a, a terrible show or don't be the person that, you know, when the promoter calls, you're not in the gym. I don't know what that means. I basically live in the gym, you know, don't have a poor attitude and argue with your Twitter followers and um, expect that people are going to like you and people are going to try to pay you money. It's ridiculous. They won't do it. Why aren't you on Twitter more? I would. I think you would be. This is this is the time. That, this is the third time we've chatted, and you have a great personality. And yet, yet I don't see you much on the Twitter machine, uh, as, the, yeah, as the kids say. I do a little. I do a lot of sharing, and I don't know. I I think. Um. I think I just keep everything kind of really in house and kind of protected, and you know, I don't really. I don't really have a lot to say about a lot of things. You know, I I never want to come off as negative. You know, somebody in a different interview was asking um about something somebody had said about female boxing and they don't really watch it and or anything like that but they they had the they put out a negative tone about it and you know I don't really watch things like archery or anything like that and so I'm not going to say archery sucks because I don't watch it you know I'm going to let them be great and do their thing I'm not going to downplay it um for anything so it's like I'm not really one to to say a whole lot you know I let people be great and their and their facets and I just focus on what I have to do now, you know, you look at, we talk a little more about the pay and do you think it's going to, what is it going to take? You no, know, because you look at, and I'm not saying this because I'm a part of the zone and you're fighting on the zone this weekend, but okay. it just really seems like, you know, you look at, you look at Golden Boy, you look at matchroom boxing and, you know, they're really, they're putting women, you know, they're showing women's fights and they're putting the women in a good position. What's it going to take for more networks and more promotional outlets that give women the spotlight that they do deserve? it's it's going to take some of the biggest names um the ryan garcias and and the canelos the biggest name in female boxing they don't have personality i mean you you said i have personality but i mean you know you don't see katie taylor out there talking with people i don't even think she runs her social media she seems very robotic in person and so it might take some of those other people that have amazing personalities to really push and step up and kind of advocate for female boxing. Are you that person? Just considering you are you are <laughs> only the third woman to become an undisputed champion. And I can count on, it's less than 10 fingers of how many fighters have been the undisputed champion in the four belt era. Do you feel like someone like yourself could be that person to help push women's boxing to the forefront? Yes. And when I beat Cecilia again, you guys will see that. Why is this fight so personal? You know, because you're pretty chill. You're pretty laid back. <laughs> I've talked to Cecilia about the same amount of times I've talked to you and she's always been pretty mild mannered and something about this rematch is really, you two have gotten under each other's skin for one reason or another. And I've seen the virtual press conference. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? This isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. What is it 
about her that brings it out in you? And what about you brings it out in her? Uh, for me, I mean, they crown her the first lady. Her resume isn't impressive. I would have probably knocked out half or more of the girls on her, her resume. She has zero personality. She doesn't promote the fights. I mean, like I said before, you have to be completely well-rounded. You know, I'm showing myself in the gym. I'm showing my new mouth guards. I'm showing my hotel room. I'm, we're doing e-pressers. E I, I, I made pants with my followers' names on it because I wanted to bring them to the fight with me. Um, I'm doing a lot to keep the people interested and keep the fans interested, whereas other people just think I'm here and so you have to worship me and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm in this place and you guys do all the work. You know, if I had to sell tickets, I would be out there selling tickets if I have to. And people think they're too good for that stuff. And I don't put myself above anybody. Two more questions, Jessica. And thank you so much for the time this evening. It's really greatly appreciated. And what does a win mean for you in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, of course you want to win, but overall, what does it mean for you to get another win here and win the rematch on Saturday night? Um, Definitely Hall of Fame. I mean, I think we've already established that with the first fight, um, being able to stop Cecilia from breaking Joe Lewis's record and beating, you know, the only being the only person to beat an undisputed person and stop her her winning streak altogether. And you know, we're you spoke about Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor earlier. And Actually, you did. I didn't say Miss Taylor. You, you said you said <laughs> was you. what this fight like compared to say I don't know Katie yeah, you Taylor. You know, we mentioned Katie Taylor earlier, and they want to put that fight together, and and there's a lot of maybes, ins and outs, and I say let's do it. Let's do a rematch. This will be the first time two females make a million dollars. I mean, this is big stuff. You know, all of Ireland wants to see it. Everybody across the sea wants to see it. It gives hope to other fighters that are under me that they won't have to take those crappy paydays and that they can expect to make big money in boxing. Is that what it would take for you to go to Ireland is to get paid a million dollars? I mean, going to I Ireland- think, I think that was right. Go, going to Ireland is a little bit of a different thing. I mean, we're, we're going there's, to a price, there's a price for everything. So, yeah. um, you know, we're talking about the States, that's a price. Going to Ireland, that's a whole other price. Is that the biggest fight in women's boxing? You do what people are expecting you to do on Saturday. Is that is that the biggest fight in women's boxing or is it you and Clarissa Shields? I, th I think that's the biggest fight, but, you know, if, if they, you know, kind of want to play around and not really, you know, I, I get grouped into the, oh, we want to fight all these people, or we get grouped into a, we're going to do this tournament, and then this tournament never happens, and then the people who win the tournament never fight. I mean, it could be the big, one of the biggest things in, in female boxing or a crossover fight. We talked about someone from MMA coming over to boxing and having that fight. That could be just as big. Who in MMA? <laughs> I heard Chris Cyborg. I know she, Chris has teased it in the past, and me and Chris have talked about that. And that's something I know she's within for the past like three or four years. That's something she's kind of bounced around back and forth. Yeah, kind of bounced around, and I don't think it's real. I mean, I don't know if she could do the drug testing that we have to do here and, and on the boxing side. I mean, Amanda Nunez is doing amazing things over there. I don't know what the weight difference is specifically. 
Um, she may be a little lighter than 145, but you know that could be something that we could work out. Um, I, she's doing great things in MMA um, at the UFC, so that could be really awesome. Bring bring fans over from UFC to boxing and, and vice versa. That's the kind of collaboration that we want. That's how we're going to grow fans, and that's how um, everything spreads and becomes bigger for females. And we'll end with this. When you envision the fight in your head uh, when it comes to Saturday night, how do you win the fight and remain the undisputed women's welterweight champion? I'm telling you, when I sit here and I run through combinations in my head, I just keep seeing her fall. I'm going to be dead honest. I keep seeing her fall. I see her quitting on her stool. I see her giving up and just, just know that she's out of it. Well, it's good to talk to uh, I This is back to back. I done. I did an interview about thirty minutes before we get on the line, and he, Bilal Muhammad, he was from Chicago, and he's headlining the UFC show this weekend. And now I get to talk to another Chicago-born fighter, yeah. Jessica McCaskill. And Jessica, always good to talk to you. Congratulations on the win in August. Bring home that victory on Saturday night, and we will be talking. I imagine again in the next few months for what could be a potentially a bigger fight. That sounds good. Thank you so much for your time, Stephen. All right, thanks, Jessica. Take it easy. Yep. A huge thank you to the undisputed women's welterweight champion of the world, the one and only Jessica McCaskill. She's pumped. She's ready and ready to go tomorrow night against Cecilia Brakis live on the zone. And also, you can watch it on pay-per-view for $24.95. If you don't have the zone for one reason or another, I don't know why you want it. $19.99 for the year. I mean, $19.99 for the month. for the year, and that's guaranteed right now. Canelo Alvarez, more than likely, two Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fights, Devin Haney. You're going to get Devin Haney a couple times, Ryan Garcia a couple times. Good Lord, that ain't bad. It's not a bad deal. Not at all. But no, it's going to be a great fight tomorrow night. She's pumped, and she's ready to go. I love the fact that we did this interview via video. And she had all four belts behind her. I thought that was pretty badass. But thank you to Jessica McCaskill for the time. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart. The list goes on and on. Right now, here is the former undisputed women's welterweight champion who looks to regain her belts on Saturday night, the one and only, the first lady, Cecilia Brakis. Ari, how's everything going so far in Dallas for you? I'm fine. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's fun to be in Dallas. I've never been in Dallas before. It's not too bad. How warm is it here? Because in Chicago, I was telling Bernie, we're almost at 70 degrees, so it's starting to get a little bit warm outside. <laughs> well, uh, today is a little bit more um, cloudy, but yesterday was a beautiful sunny day. That's good to hear, and hopefully it's going to be a beautiful sunny day for you coming up on Saturday night in the rematch at the America Airlines Center out in Dallas, live on DAZN. And, you know, ever since the fight happened in August, how much have you craved getting back the belts? Because those were yours for a long time, now you don't have them. How excited are you at the opportunity to once again get the belts back? Oh, I'm very ready to get my... Uh, get my uh... Back. I think um, um, I think Saturday is just um, yeah. I just want to do that uh, wrong right again and uh, 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's been. I've been thinking about this since um, since the last fight. You know, when you when you looked back at everything and you rewatched the fight, where do you feel things went wrong for you in August? Well, I think it was. Um, uh, well, I think it uh, it was more leading up to the fight. You know, I was. Um, I was struggling, struggling a little bit with guilt, and uh, you know, I, I would I had been years in, now six months in Big Bear because of the pandemic. I was stuck there, and my family and friends was all home. So, as an athlete, you always will struggle a little bit with uh, uh, with thoughts like that. But uh, in this situation, it became very, um, very, very real and very emotional, being. Um, that far away from home over such a long time so I think my um, basically my head was not exactly in the right place unfortunately and uh, this is a completely different uh, camp you know I've been uh, seven weeks in in Big Bear I'm I'm having fun I'm boxing I do what I love to do and I'm just I'm happy you know I'm looking forward to Saturday you know a lot of fans, you know, they don't get, you know, the tolls of the fighter. And, you know, they just always look at whether male, female, whether it's in boxing or MMA. They only look at it based on the performance. Why do you think people, fans don't take the mental side of things more seriously? Because the mental aspect, in all honesty, is more important than the physical attributes that you're bringing to the ring. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, I mean, it's it's everything. Um, and it's just, um, I mean, what we're doing, it's so, you know, I, I even have, like, close friends who, who cannot understand, you know, compromise, no, understand totally what, what's going on, what we're doing, how intense it is, what kind of choices you have to make, you know, and, and how hard these choices are, and you never have, like, um, uh, the blueprint, you know, and, um, and um, it's, um, I mean, being an athlete is it's um, it's a tough profession, and being a boxer is definitely uh, um, yeah. You know what was what was just the biggest thing about being gone for so long, leading up to that first fight? Like, what were some of the things that you that you missed the most from the time being here in America and not being back at home last year? I think the biggest thing was the guilt because I decided to stay and um, because I can't train boxing in Norway. So I decided to, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to train and I'm going to try to make this work. And, uh, and, um, and I, I was over there when the pandemic broke out. And I think it's, I think it was a lot of, you know, athletes struggle with this, you know, you're away from your loved one, your family and, and for, for a long time. And I definitely think that was the biggest um, problem. So just getting home after the fight and just see them and hug them was uh, the best medicine in the world. No, I can definitely understand that, you know, when you look at, you look, cause you look at the fight and, you know, I feel like it was a tale of two fights. It was, you know, Jessica's tempo, her aggression, you know, really won her that first half of the fight. And I felt in the latter half, you were able to come on at the end. And did you see, 
the same things in the fight, or are we, or are we all thinking you you had control of the majority of the fight and you should have gotten the victory? Well, you know, I I, um, I felt I did what I needed to do to keep my belt. Um, I felt I edged it. Just it was a close fight. I felt I edged it. A lot of people uh, thought it was a draw. Still, I think I should have um, I shouldn't have lost my belt that night. But I don't. Um, I haven't focused, you know, on that. I'm, I'm just focusing forward and, and my task and my training and what I'm supposed to do when on a Saturday. You know, there, were, there was people after the fight that thought maybe you underestimated her just because of everything you've done. And then when she's gotten in the big fight, she, she hasn't been able to pull through. Was there any, is there anything to that that where maybe you underestimated her just a little bit? No, I never underestimate my opponent. That's why I have been champion for such a long time. So it had nothing to do with that. And it had nothing to do with her trash talk, which uh, uh, which uh, she and her coach were doing. And, you know, all her, you know, lame mind uh, games. It had nothing to do with anything of that. It was a very special situation for me. And... Like I you said, I dealt with a lot of other uh, feelings and and um, and the situation at that time, and which I'm, which I have been free from now, and and it's a completely different situation. You know, you look at everything go- going on, and you know, and you look at this fight, and usually every going into all your fights, and then me and you have talked. Everything it's always cordial. Everything's always very respectful. It seems like this time around, it seems like you guys have really been getting at each other and you're both getting under each other's skin. Is this the most intense fight that you've ever had, just considering it's high stakes and it seems like you two really just don't like each other too much? (laughs) Well, you know, for me, I don't do, like, trash talk normally. Like, I don't, it just doesn't interest me. It just doesn't interest me. But, you know, she's been trash-talking since... I mean, she started... It didn't even take 24 hours after our last fight before she started talking bad about me. So she just needs to know that, uh, okay, um, you you and your lame trash-talking, you know, this is not... uh, it's not going home here, you know, so otherwise than that, I don't have interest in, in, in that, you know, and, um, but you know, if it could build up the fight, fine, you know, um, um, otherwise I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't think about, I, I'm not like, I don't think about trash talking. I don't, that's not what I want to do in interviews. I don't have this strategy the way Jessica and Rick uh, Ramos has about that because it's just miserable and I don't want to be miserable. Two more questions, Cecilia, and thank you so much for the time today. It's really appreciated. And, you know, you look at, you look at women's boxing right now. It seems like it's, you know, you had Clarissa Shields fighting last week. You know, you, you, your fight, you guys are fight, you girls are fighting this weekend. And, you know, did you watch the Clarissa Shields fight at all? And if you did, what did you make of her performance? I did watch. I I did buy the pay-per-view because I felt that's something I needed to support. And, I mean, 
Clarissa Shields, she looked great. Nobody can say she can't box. She, she was, uh, I never seen her that sharp. Uh, so, I mean, to watch her, it, it's an, it, impressive. And, um, I mean, everything that happens now in uh, boxing for, men, for women is absolutely it, it great. And for me, who, who was there in the beginning, where which thing wasn't great at all, it's just being a part of this. Is I think this definitely would be, for me, it's definitely a whole bigger deal than somebody who came into boxing right now, you know, because they don't know how it was. You know, you look at, you know, a lot of was made going into that fight, you know, last weekend, just considering the struggle she had to get, you know, anyone to pick up her fight, and she went and put it, had it distributed by, you know, through her promoter and her manager on yeah. pay-per-view. And why do you think it's been such a struggle for women to get prominent spots in boxing to where you look at the women and a lot of and you know and the ones in the high profile positions like you jessica and clarissa are you know better than some of the males that are that are being put in pay-per-view positions why do you think it's been hard more difficult for women to get the credit that they do deserve in boxing that that's that is so stuck it's so rooted you know with uh, this is for men this is for for uh, uh, you know a, a male um, uh, a male sport and it's and it's uh, also was uh, you know pretty much established in amateur boxing too because it took over 100 years before women was allowed to do uh, amateur boxing so um, I think that it takes with such rooted, um, um, uh, what's it called in English, um, opinions, you know, uh, the, the, about female, it, it takes some time to turn it. Uh, I think we are, we are, we, it's a good, it's good what's happening now, but it's, um, we definitely have an, a job to do, and uh, I think it, it's easier for UFC because that was new. It didn't have this old. Um, um, there's a lot of people with very old views. Archaic, <laughs> I think, would be the right word. Let's just uh, let's just say it right out. You know, there's a lot of people in boxing with a very old views, and I think UFC. You know, they just uh, they're new. They didn't have that. They just put promoted women the same way as, as the guy pretty quickly, and just the success they had. You know, you know, because you look at you're gonna you're in a you were in a in the main event in August. You're in the co-main event of a really big card coming up on Saturday night. So I feel like things are definitely making headway and. When we look at, break it down to the nuts and bolts, Cecilia, how do you beat Jessica McCaskill, and how do you regain, the, and once again become, the undisputed women's welterweight champion? I just have to be me, like, uh, just box the way I, I box, because I'm better than her. I'm a better boxer than her, uh, no doubt. I'm, I'm just uh, more talented and... and uh, and so I just, uh, every, all, everything, I just need to go in the ring and I just need to do my thing and I will win because I'm better than her. Cecilia, it's always great to chat. Thank you so much for the time today. It really does mean a lot. It's greatly appreciated. The best of luck on Saturday night. Bring home that victory. And we look forward to hearing it in the new women's welterweight champion. <laughs>
Thank you, Cecilia. A big thank you to Cecilia Breakus for the time. Really looking forward to that fight. She, and also with her, the same thing. You get feel the animosity. She's up, like she said, she doesn't talk trash. Not a trash talker. But you can feel the animosity. The gold is on the line. You can just feel it and feel it and feel it and feel it. I'm looking forward to that fight tomorrow night. That is going to be a ton of fun. Saturday night, the American Airlines Center. 5,000 people will be in attendance, live and exclusively, live on the zone in over 200 countries and territories. Really looking forward to that fight. That's going to be a ton of fun tomorrow night. Out and Saturday, I keep saying Friday. It is tomorrow night. You're going to be listening to this on Friday. But Saturday night in Dallas, Texas. Next week, I want to get into it next week. we got a couple big ones already. We'll talk to Maurice Hooker. Be facing Virgil Ortiz Jr. next Saturday night out in Fort Worth, Texas, live on the zone. Really looking forward to that one. It's a big fight for both guys. Virgil Ortiz, 16 and 0, 16 knockouts. Marie Sucker, the former WBO Junior Welterweight Champion. Really looking forward to that. And that one is going to be a fun one. Really looking forward to that one on the zone. So we'll be talking to Marie Sucker, and then we'll be talking to rising UFC middleweight star Kevin Holland. As he will be headlining the UFC show next Saturday night against perennial middleweight contender Derek Brunson. I never talked to Kevin Holland, so that's going to be a ton of fun. I talked to Maurice Hooker earlier this week, so that's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait for you guys to listen to that one. Mo Hooker is one of my favorite guys in the sport. First time we chatted. So two new first two first timers coming up next week on the podcast. We may roll out another one next week. I don't know. You never know how this shakes around here. Wherever the wind takes me. Is where is the direction this podcast will go. But a big thank you to the undisputed women's welterweight champion, Jessica McCaskill. And a big thank you to the former champion, Cecilia Brakis. I'm looking forward to that one tomorrow night on the zone. Headlined by the super flyweight title unification bout between Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Live on the zone in over 200 countries and territories. And also, if you don't have the zone, it is also on pay-per-view. For $24.95. Rate, review, subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. It helps out, guys. I promise it does. It moves this podcast more up and up in the rankings. It's simple, guys. It takes like 30 seconds. Click five stars, leave a quick review, and you're along on your merry way. So thank you guys so much. It really would mean a lot if you do that. It helps me out, and it'll help you guys out too. And we can keep this podcast going for free. You can find me on Twitter at smealhausenjr. You can find me on Instagram. S. Mulehausen MMA. Walkway to Fight Club. You can find it on Facebook. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. Twitter at Walkway Fight. Also on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. You can find Daryl on Twitter at DYBerwequa21. This is Steven Mulehausen, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Mwah! Peace.